Welcome to Spark the Podcast. We are a group of Christian creatives seeking to connect with God and grow in our faith. We believe in the power of testimony and the blessings that come with being in community with others. Let's be honest, we just can't do it alone. We want to invite you to be a part of it, whether your coffee is running low or you're on the go. Come join the conversation. Hey, you guys, welcome back to Spark the Podcast. I'm Jenna Schottmeyer here with our other host, Amy Rizzuto. And today we have on Deanna Steinley. Deanna is the founder of Resilience is Beautiful. This is a platform dedicated to sharing her journey with a rare neuromuscular disease and the importance of medical service dogs. Her speaking events include motivational speaking, relationship building, and communication in the wake of trials, awareness of rare diseases, service dogs, and patient advocacy. Recently, Deanna was a guest panelist at the World EPA Congress, Europe's largest Congress in the market access, pricing, and evidence, where she spoke on patient and provider emotional intelligence. Deanna has done several local commercials, speaking events, and award presentations at colleges. Deanna, we are so excited to have you on today. Thank you so much. I'm really, really excited to be here. And we're so excited to have you here, Deanna. So Deanna and I actually went um, to elementary school together. We go way, way back. <laughs> Our parents were friends um, and, and teachers together. And Deanna, it's been so great to follow along with you ever since. I, I feel like every time I see you, I got to photograph your, your and Marshall's engagement photos and have just followed along um, with your story. It just brings... Um, it just brings so much light to my day. So thank you so much for being here with us, Deanna, and for agreeing to come on. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I, when you all reached out to do this, I was so elated. And it's amazing to think, like you said, like how far back we actually go. Like I remember you getting your first Polaroid camera. Yes. And, <laughs> and every, so like cute. it was attached to your hip. And nice. I... I just remember going out in the yard and playing and taking those pictures and just to see where you have gone with that, it just makes my heart so full. Like I am so thrilled of everything that you've been able to do with your passion. Oh, thanks, Deanna. And you guys might know it, but Deanna is actually a creative as well. She um, wrote a book that we have on our bookshelf and, you know, is still one that we read to our kids today. Can you tell us a little bit about Ollie and um, and your passion for writing as well, Deanna? Absolutely. Uh, so I wrote Ollie, The True Owl. It's, it was supposed to be a series where when I was going through speech therapy, I needed an outlet that helped me kind of express the pain that I was going through and how my faith journey was shaken a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote this children's book to help make a way for understanding how things that you go through in life can actually be used for God and through his glory. And I wanted to introduce that in a way with a children's book. And so that's where Ollie came from. That's amazing. And I saw on Amazon it says that it could be part of a series. So kind of hoping, you know, maybe in the future you'll add yes, them to it and yes. stuff. But it just sounds amazing. So I just think that's so cool. And I know that you are joining us today all the way from Tennessee. So thank you so much for being with us. And you just have quite a story to share. And we would just love to dive into it. So if you could just share just a little bit about your story and um yeah, whatever else you would like to add in. 
Sure. Uh, so Amy probably has some memories of this, but growing up, mm-hmm. there was always things that were going on with me medically that we just really didn't understand. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was very hard as a child growing up because everything looked normal, but things just weren't quite right. And as you're growing up with your peers, they don't understand. And so it was actually pretty hard for me growing up mm-hmm. in the friendship department because of that. And, you know, always having to say no to things. You can't go to things because you didn't feel well, feel well, but you couldn't really explain it. And so you go through all of that. And actually, it changed my college career path. I stayed in Tennessee versus going out of state, which is what I wanted to originally do. And eventually, in 2006, no, I'm sorry, it would be... We were married in 13. So in 2014, I had a tonsillectomy that went very poorly, and they, mm. and no doctor knew why. And that was when it really, it was really the catalyst of diagnosing me. I hemorrhaged out in my sleep, and they did a surgery mm. while I was awake to save my life. And no one understood why these complications happened and why I wasn't healing properly. And so if you fast forward to 2017, when symptoms started to actually present in a way that they could narrow it down and they they could actually investigate it more, they were able to do the correct blood work to find my condition. And once I was diagnosed, I immediately went into treatment and I've been on it ever since. Wow. I can imagine that had to be such a scary moment when, you know, you're just in this life and death situation. And um, I'm so glad that they were able to figure out what was going on, Deanna. But I do remember, you know, you going through that, you know, as a child and and then continuing on as you got older. I'd love to know, um, you know, how this played a part in your faith, because we used to go to church together. We would go to Awana and, you know, um, that was always a big part of your life when you were a kid. Um, How did this how did this affect your faith and how, did, how have you seen um, God working through these tough situations? And that's a great question. So the biggest thing that I have, I guess, not, not really learned, I guess it is learning, but my heart and mind being more open to seeing it as it's happening in the moment has been one of the biggest changes for me and being aware of God's grace and mercy actually in the moment instead of being blinded by the grief or the confusion or the anger. Mm-hmm. And while those emotions are totally valid and you have to give them their respect and their time to process, it has allowed me to have an insight differently to looking for God's grace in those moments when I wasn't expecting them. So an example would be, when I was flying back from Hawaii, uh, we were on a family vacation and I was already diagnosed. This is 2018 that this happened and we were flying back. I went into a medical emergency on the plane in mid flight and there was no land, there was nowhere to go and they had to keep me alive on the plane. And so in those moments of complete fear, you don't have the things that you need that you need in the hospital You don't have equipment that you need, but God still provided. And when we landed and we got me to the hospital, eventually I started to come to and wake up and kind of understand my surroundings. 
a lady walks in. Here we are in California. You know, we landed in California from Hawaii. A lady walks in and looks at my husband and says, Marshall, you may not remember me because I'm out of place, but you did my mom's funeral in Kingsport, Tennessee. I'm here to help you. Wow. We thought we were completely alone on the other side of the country. And here is a person that is directly connected to us that has just walked in to my hotel, into my hospital room. Wow. And the feeling that we had in that moment was instant relief that we weren't alone and we weren't going to be alone through this until my parents could redirect their flights to get to us in LA. And so a couple of days later, I'm still in the hospital. A man walks in with balloons and a food bag of fruits and things for Marshall and myself. And the gentleman says, Marshall and Deanna, you don't know me. But, Deanna, I taught your brother-in-law how to fly, and I'm a pilot with JetBlue, and I'm here to help you all get home if you need it, whenever you're discharged. Wow. So God broke down these barriers of state and distance and, um, you know, time to place people literally in the hospital with us that we were never expecting. And so to see you know, to recognize right then in that very moment, God's hand at work is that inside I'm talking about like, yes, those are big moments, but, and anyone could see him working, but to really appreciate it and just take that release and that relief and rest in the grace of it all. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's really powerful. You know, and I love, um, you know, that when we put our faith in God, he definitely shows up in ways that we didn't necessarily expect. Um, yeah. And so your husband is actually a pastor. Is that right? That's correct. That's so cool. So how does that, um, I know this isn't a question that, you know, we had prepared, but um, I think that it's just so powerful just being in a position where you are, even as a pastor's wife, kind of, you know, going through this difficult time, but ministering to others. Um, And so are there ways that God has kind of helped to fill you up to be able to be in a position where, you know, you are pouring out and like, what does that look like for you? That's, uh, that, that is a really great question. So in this particular time, I feel if we're talking about us pouring out into others after we've received it, it would have to be during my speaking events when we do the couples talks. Mm -hmm. We talk about communication and relationship building or rebuilding with people that have medical conditions or chronic conditions. And it doesn't have to be just that. Multiple people come to this talk in, you know, different walks of life, but the communication aspect of it, of what we have learned and being able to love on others when they've been hurting and they don't know how to move forward Mm -hmm. and helping them bridge those gaps uh, so that they have a stronger and more healthy relationship, not just with each other, but with God as well, because my communication with God has changed as well through all of this. Um, Mm -hmm. It looks differently than what it used to. Wow. How, how is it different? How would you describe it, Deanna? Um, I 
got to the point where I finally realized I did not have to protect God from my feelings. He doesn't mm. need protection. Yeah, yes. I love that. Um, that we could have really honest and bold conversations and I didn't have to protect him. His feelings are not going to get hurt. Um, right. He doesn't need me to, like I said, he doesn't need me to protect him. And so what I know in my heart and in my faith is so much deeper than my own emotions and so getting that out with him and lamenting or being angry or confused, we can have those adult conversations. You know, he is bigger mm-hmm. than that. That's really great. And um, I, I agree. I think that that's something that I've been learning as well as, you know, and I know that you've experienced, you know, is, is that God can handle um, our emotions and our feelings and that we can go to him um, and, and we don't need to hide what we're going through. He knows. And, you know, one of the things that I love, Deanna, is your Instagram handle. Resilience is beautiful. Can you tell us what inspired that name? Yeah. So resilience is beautiful. I really went back and forth on really what would it be, what it would develop into and why it was important. Um, And finally, through my own research and faith walk, landed on resilience. And that's kind of been my word for the last 10 years, if you will. Because as I was digging and and researching words, resilience is an ever continuous action word. Um, Unlike persevere, you can add ED to the word persevere and it throws it into the past. Hmm. And it, so in my mind, it, I call it a dead word. You're talking about things that are in the past. They're not going to change. They're not going to move forward. They are what they are. And it's kind of a definitive thing. Whereas the word resilience or resilience can't be changed. The core can't be changed. It can be influenced by the outside words. But in and of itself, the whole word cannot be persuaded. It's always in motion. It's always moving. And that going back to what we were just talking about, with communication with God was he, he knows I'm hurting and he knows I'm going through things and he wants me to talk with him. He doesn't want me to stop talking. He wants me to continue the conversation with him. And so resilience became that for me. It was a gift from God. It was knowing that my journey is always in motion and it was a gift from the Holy spirit. And so Nothing I have done or gone through or overcome, even even in L.A., even in the tonsillectomy, yes, those are physical things, but my spiritual journey and what I've overcome isn't anything that I've done, but what the Holy Spirit has done in me. And so that is beautiful, and that is the gift that God has given us. And so I say resilience is beautiful, but really it's the Holy Spirit is beautiful because those two words to me are the same. Resilience is the Holy Spirit. That is so good, Deanna. I love that. That's just like so powerful. And I'd love to get your thoughts on another idea as well. And it's kind of the idea of Instagram versus reality, you know, where (laughs) um, we all kind of deal with this in certain capacities. Uh, But I do think that a notable aspect of your specific rare disease is that in many ways it is invisible. And I think that, you know, to the outside, when you say, hi, my name is Deanna, you know, and when you smile in a beautiful picture on Instagram, you know, I myself really dealt with that for many years. I had a traumatic brain injury in college and was in constant pain and dealing with very debilitating symptoms for years. But 
I always, you know, could look good or normal in pictures. And, you know, in your case, you look so great in your photos. You're so beautiful. And I'm sure that there are parts of your life, however small, that really kind of do at least look very normal to the outside. And so I just imagine that there are people in your life or even your family who don't understand that tension of looking good, but really, you know, maybe feeling horrible. And so I was just wondering if you had, you know, any um, word of wisdom or a piece of hope that you could share for someone who is also dealing with an invisible health problem. Because I feel like a lot of times there's people who really get it and you probably only have to share like one sentence with them. And then there's people who you would think would get it because you have explained it to them, but, you know, really just still don't understand. Sure. Uh, this is actually something I talk about quite frequently in my talks. And uh, there's two questions you have to ask yourself. And that the first one being, what am I trying to gain out of this conversation? Mm-hmm. And then the second thing is, do they impact my plan of care? Meaning your medical plan of care. Um, and so when you're having these moments and you're having these conversations, because of the resilience and because of the strength that God has given you, um, you have the power and control to um, you have the power to control your immediate surroundings and control that narrative. And sometimes for your own health, you have to emotionally break up with someone and they can still very much be a part of your life. And so hmm. digging into do they impact my plan of care and why what am I trying to get out of this conversation? There may be times. Um, that you need to just walk away from it and you can absolutely advocate for yourself and you can discuss your journey, but if it is hurting you or that conversation is, this is, this is such a hard topic because a lot of times it is the people that are closest to you that Mm -hmm. you have these conversations with that are the most hurtful Um, You can advocate for yourself, but there are times that you do have to emotionally break up with them and say, no, this is what's best for me. I'm not gaining anything by this conversation. I need to exit this conversation and move forward. Um, And and that is hard and you, and you have to really dig deep in that. And and I hope I explained that. Well, yeah, yeah, I think that was, um, really good insight because a lot of it, you know, I think part of it is the emotional aspect of it. And part of it is, you know, when you're in, in in an airport or you're in a difficult situation, you know, is that person's lack of understanding actually going to inhibit the care that I need right now? And so I think that that was like the practical and the emotional, which I think is really important. Right. So if you're using the airport analogy, which has happened to me several times, you know, you mm-hmm. talk about gaslighting or ableism and things like that. I mean, when I've asked for a wheelchair, sometimes the looks I've gotten have just been gutting. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm going to have this conversation with you because I do need a medical device to help me navigate this part of my journey. I don't need you to understand the entire, the entirety of my journey. I just need this. And so I've got to right. use my energy and channel it into getting my point across effectively and efficiently and making sure that I'm medically safe. Other than that, that person in the airport, 
doesn't get to have that part of me when they don't actually affect my daily plan of care. Yeah. And I think that's like a really, I think that's why, you know, even when you mentioned the emotional aspect of that too, it's like so important because sometimes, you know, not every moment of every day you're, I don't know, I don't know about you, but you're probably not willing to share your entire story every moment of every day when it only feels like, (laughs) you know, in those like pearls to swine moments to that person at the airport and, um, you know, but kind of being able to, um, yeah, communicate effectively. And, um, but yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. Cause it definitely, it's definitely why some of these conversations are just so important because, you know, I don't want to be the person even having gone through different things. I don't want to be the person who is, you know, that person who's going to be asking or not asking those questions in a rude way, but just like not understanding other people's scenarios. You know, because so many people go through so many different difficult things that you would just never know. And you also want to advocate and be a good face for the community as well. So if you're able to, in that moment, educate some, if it is beneficial Mm -hmm. to that time, absolutely do it. And I don't mean like not advocate, educate properly. I just mean that if you are in a medical situation and you need something, having that argument and feeding into that narrative that they're trying to push on you of, I don't see anything wrong with you. You don't need this. That's Mm -hmm. not where my energy needs to go. So the same thing with friends and family. So I could have that same conversation um, with somebody. They could ask me how I am or you don't think that you need this or that or whatever. Oh, can't you just go without it for this amount of time? It's like, well, you don't get to dictate that. And you Mm -hmm. don't understand that's fine. I have an appointment later today with my doctor. I'm going to use my energy to have that conversation this afternoon. I'm going to exit this conversation and not have hurt feelings and just let it go because we also receive grace and mercy from God first. Right. So we need to practice that as well with the people around us. It's not their fault. They don't understand. You can try all you want to make them understand. But when you see that you're not making any progress, give mercy and move forward. That's so good. And I I know that you've talked about, you know, choosing joy, Deanna versus seeking joy what does seeking out that joy mean to you? At the, at the risk of sounding redundant, because I, I feel like <laughs> this is part of my journey. Um, yeah. These are all action words. Everything mm-hmm. is always in motion. And so t- to me, again, people love choosing joy. And I do not want someone to think, oh, she's saying that this is bad. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. For me, in my journey, this is what, what it's developed or bloomed into. Um, that to me, choosing feels so definitive and it's something that you do. It's, it's, you take ownership of it. Like I chose to be joyful. Well, that doesn't really leave the parameters of people that really do need medical intervention or professional help with medications or counseling and things like that, which I totally advocate for. It's like, well, you just, you just need to be happy. Well, that's, that's really leaving a lot of space that needs to be covered. And so for me, seeking is more continuous. It's not mm-hmm. a past thing. It's not definitive. Your journey is ongoing. But with seeking joy, it's actually seeking God and seeking the Holy Spirit. It's not about your physical or emotional state in that moment. So again, you can kind of see how resilience and the seeking joy 
all kind of tie into the one thing of your journey is always in motion. Yeah. No matter where you are on the journey. Yeah. That's so good. And I love, you know, the action form of that. And um, what are some ways that you, that you seek joy in your life? So for seeking joy, um, I've really had to just sit in the moment with God. Mm -hmm. And when I am grieving, I, well, I think the easiest way to kind of give you a bigger picture of it, I'm going to read you a little excerpt from my talk. Mm. Um, when I'm seeking joy, I'm granted mercy to grieve in a way social stigma doesn't recognize, and it breaks the worldly implied timeline of reasonable to heal. And so when I'm grieving or I'm going through things, like because I am seeking God and I am seeking his mercy and his comfort and seeking him in my day to day, that timeline of, oh, well, don't you feel better now? Or you should not be feeling this way now. Has it not been enough time to get over this? That all goes away mm-hmm. because it's not between me and the world. It's between me and God. Mm-hmm. Um, And I'm also gifted the grace this world can't provide with love that is never shaken despite my lack of understanding. So again, I'm being loved and I'm cared for, even though I might emotionally and physically be breaking down. I am gifted that grace. So basically when you're seeking joy, it doesn't mean you always have to be joyful. It just simply means that you're keeping momentum in the healing process with Mm -hmm. keeping respectful boundaries. Uh, I imagine a great comfort to you has to be your dog, Stormy. I'd love to, you know, just before we wrap up today, hear about him and and what it looks like to have him in your life, Deanna. Uh, She is is actually a girl. Okay. Um, (laughs) She is uh, more than I ever thought that would be medically possible um, Mm. with a rare condition, you never know what tools are going to be in your toolbox. And I have several things that help me. I have oxygen. I have an ice vest. I have my wheelchair. Um, and then I have her. And I, like I said, I never thought it was possible. And not only does she help me medically and physically, but the parts of my heart that were broken, she has healed because mm-hmm. of the hope she's given me. Mm-hmm. Um, we have been through a lot with her. Um, we were actually in a very intense car wreck back in September of last year. And she was in the car with us, obviously. And so people never really talk about what it's like having a service dogs when things happen. They always think that it's this glorious and beautiful, there's no issues type of relationship. And they're just so amazing. And yes, they are amazing, but real life things happen and they are still an animal. And so we thought at one point we'd have to retire her because of yeah. the PTSD from the car accident. Mm. And so my faith was shaken again. I'm like, how could this amazing thing be gifted to me, but then us go through this horrific car accident? And right. so, again, another part of my journey has been with her and educating on Uh, rehabilitation for service dogs and what does that look like and when to retire them and when not and doing what's best for you and your team Mm -hmm. and that's just been a whole nother 
chapter in my life I never expected to go on. Wow. I'm so glad that, you know, that Stormy's okay and that you're okay. And um, I love seeing the pictures of you guys together. Deanna, she just looks like such a sweet dog. and She is. And she's kept me um, out of medical crisis five times since I've had her in a year and a half. I mean, wow. she truly has been, I mean, my doctors never knew that it was possible. And because we did it in a way that we would have the most success for scent pairing for the right. medical episodes, I, it still leaves me speechless because I just never thought that I could get to this point and have that independence that service dogs give. Mm. Well, that's amazing. Yeah, Deanna, thank you so much for sharing. I just felt like everything of what you said was just so powerful. You are amazing. And I just wanted to thank you, you know, for, um, I, th- I think it provides just so much hope to be able to hear your story and how, you know, difficult it is, but also how, you, you know, God is just, um, yeah, like God is showing up, God is moving in you and through you and to you and um so I just wanted to thank you not only for coming on but thank you for your story and your faith walk because I think that I'm sure it impacts so many more people than you could ever realize and so just thank you so much for coming on today and for sharing and um you know for those of us listening who want to keep up with you can you please tell us where we can find you, your website, your Instagram, all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Thank you again for having me. I really have enjoyed our time together today. And I do hope that, um, you know, the listeners take a little nugget. I always come to little nuggets that God gives us and that it would help help in some capacity or resonate with them in, in some way. Um, because that's why we do it. We're called to share, right? We're called to share yes. our journey and, and to share our our walk with Christ. And I feel like that is what I've been called to do. And I'm, I'm very appreciative for this opportunity and time together. Um, you can find me on Instagram. That's really the, the platform that I am on the most and, and post more frequently. It is Resilience is Beautiful. I do have a Facebook page also that is Resilience is Beautiful. And so those two places are where you can find me. And I would love to uh, connect with anybody that is listening today and, and has any other further questions. I'd be more than happy to answer. Thank you so much, Deanna. And thank you again uh, for sharing your story. One of the things that we've been trying to do with Spark the Podcast this season is just to continue to share people's stories and how God is working in their lives. I think it's just one of the, one of the ways that we see him working and active um, as he is right now on earth. And before we go today, we want to close with the verse Revelation 12, 11. And it says they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. Thank you guys again for joining us. We'll see you back here soon.